Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So this morning, I just I wanted to share my heart a little bit on spiritual sons and daughters. And one, what it takes to be a spiritual son and daughter. And two, I don't know, we're going to see what else comes out. Uh, I'm going to try and my notes were a little all everywhere this morning. Um, I definitely felt the weight of this word this week. I asked Caleb when, uh, when he was speaking on the father solution. Um, I asked him if I could speak. I didn't necessarily have anything on specific at that time. And so that was a little stressful when it was getting closer um, to me speaking. But I really feel like there's the perspective that I, I want to show. I want to put, give you a, a charge to all the sons and daughters in the room, uh, to all the spiritual sons and daughters. And to explain that a little bit, I'm actually going to start a little different than I did this morning. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 in the Passions Translation says, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. Um, You know, I've always heard that, you know, before the Passion Translation came out growing up, you know, iron sharpens iron. And the way that it was, the way I always perceive that in my mind, just when you say iron sharpens iron, is just two swords. I was like, all right, so I'm, I'm, I'm a sword in the kingdom, you're a sword in the kingdom, and, you know, we come together and we sharpen each other. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, that makes no sense. That, that's not actually possible for a sword to sharpen another sword. Because if you take a sharp sword and you hit another sword, it's going, it's going to put nicks in it. It's going to dull the blades out. It's after battle, after you've fought with a sword, you got to take it back and grind the edges off. You got to, to re-true the blade. And that's why, so when Caleb was saying, yes, it is a true story. So me and Gigi... Gigi had a dream uh, about Caleb and influence over Tampa Bay. And at this time, uh, he had Vanguard, and I was attending the Vanguard school, just rocking my brain just with freedom and the finish work. And me and Caleb became friends quickly. And Gigi came to help lead worship one time. We went over to the house, and she tells him the dream. She's like, I had a dream about you, and, and it was something about influence. And she goes over there, and... Jamadi looks over at Ken and she goes, you know what that means, right? He's like, nope, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want nothing. No. And me and Gigi are sitting there. I don't know exactly what they're talking about yet because nothing in the dream was like specific, like start a church. It was about influence. And so Caleb goes and, you know, they're kind of talking and whatever. I'm like, should we leave? Is this private? It's like, what's going on? And Jamadi was like, it's time to start a church. Caleb was like, I don't want nothing to do with it. And when she said that, I was like, that is a great idea. Like, I was in Vanguard and just getting my mind, spiritual mind exploded every week. And I was like, we should do this for more people. We should do this and, oh, this would be great. And, and it was. And Caleb, he, he didn't want anything to do with it at that moment. And in that time, it wasn't two swords clashing trying to do it. It was at that time I actually had to be the sharpener and tell him like, why don't you want to do this? I saw in Caleb what he was meant to do. I saw the path that God had for him. I saw the tool that he was supposed to be, but 
it was under, and I hope it's okay with me saying it, it was under a little bit of fear. It was under a lot of fear. <laughs> At one point he did, he just said, I'm afraid. That was about like three in the morning. So I don't know if that was a little bit of sleep drunk or what. He was just like, stop talking to me. Uh, but it was, I, at that time, I wasn't trying to be a surgical tool. I wasn't trying to be a sword or an axe or anything. I was like, no, I, my job right now was to help Caleb find what was already there. To take off the fear, to take off the anxiety, whatever was there to help be a grinding tool to sharpen that sword. And so the thing is with, so in that moment, I guess you could say, I feel really weird saying this because since the church has started, I mean, Caleb has been a spiritual father to me. I mean, that man has gone the way with me time and time again. And, but in that moment, I was feeling fatherly. I I knew at that moment, I wasn't there to receive anything. I wasn't there like, I needed to help Caleb in that moment. We need to know when to be which. We need to know when is my time that I need to be sharpened and I need to be that sword. When is the time that I need to sharpen somebody? So when I say I'm talking to the sons and daughters, that that goes back to there should never be a time in your life where you're, eh. you should never say I'm just one or the other. We are always sons and daughters. And there will be times that you need to step into that father or that motherly role. But if you ever stop being a son or daughter, stop being a learner, stop being one that is able to be sharpened, you're in a dangerous, dangerous place. You're you're in a place now where really what you're saying, if you're saying, "I, I don't need to be sharpened anymore, then I'm okay with this fear. Caleb could have easily said, no, no, I, dude was, I was at his ministry school. I was at the school that he and Jamadi started. So really, to me, he had every right to say, you're nuts. That dream meant something else. And Caleb probably could have convinced me that that dream was about anything else, about me or Gigi or whatever. But no, at that moment, he took the position of a son. And it wasn't that I was fine. The Holy Spirit, God was fathering him through me at that moment. And so if we ever lose that, because then I could also say, I don't know nothing. Who am I compared to this giant? Like, I'm not a father to him. So I can't say anything. Again, another very dangerous place to be when it's, it's not one or the other. It's both and. It is both and. Iron sharpens iron. You just have to ask out right now in this season, which, which piece of iron am I? Am I the grinding wheel or am I the one that needs to be sharpened? We were created, uh, oh, sorry. We are, we need to create a need for spiritual parents. As sons and daughters, which hopefully you've seen that not like we all are, or all should be at least, we need to create a need for spiritual parents. We need to create, we need to, uh, Holy Spirit. I don't even totally understand this one yet, but God just gave it to me in worship. So, and this isn't on the screen. Exodus 20, so 10 commandments. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. We, I know, right? 
Now, I've always taken that as my mom and dad, which my mom and dad are sitting right here. They're visiting from Michigan. And granted, there was many times I did not honor them. Many times. But I hope that we can say in the later half of my years that uh, I have started to do a better job at that. But I've always taken that as for the, my, my physical, my mother and my father. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, as I grew up, as I got married, as life happens, they live in Michigan, I live here. Like, they're not as much a part of my everyday life anymore. I see you guys more than I see my mom and dad. And so to honor my father and my mother, it, it started to make me think like, all right, maybe this is also, so to honor my spiritual fathers and my spiritual mothers so that way my days will be long in the land that the Lord God has given me. This right now is the land that God has given me. I have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers that I, I go to and I, I ask because they know what I'm going through right now. I have created a need in my life for a spiritual parent. I love my parents, and they did a great job in raising me and providing for me and, and giving me all the things that I needed at that time as a child. Right now, I have different needs. I have different spiritual needs. I have created a need where I, I need somebody to sharpen me. But being able to accept that in your life, that's, that's the next difficulty. And I think that's where a lot of people stop. They say, okay, I need this, but now what? God, send, send somebody my way. God, give me what I want. In Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That first part, the mature children of God are those who are moved. Moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. There's so many children out there that are asking and crying and whining, asking God, give me these things that I want. And the Holy Spirit says, this is what you need. And you say, okay, bring it to me. We are not door dashing spiritual parents. This is not Uber Eats time. This is the time that if you are a mature son or daughter and the Holy Spirit has moved you to say, yes, this is a time that you need somebody to sharpen you. You know what? Go out and look for it. And I'll tell you one thing. When, okay, in, in 30 minutes, 45 minutes or whatever, we're going to go out to eat. The majority of us are going to go out to eat. If you go to a restaurant and there is no more room for you there for whatever reason, maybe it's full, maybe they ran out of food, maybe they don't have enough people to serve you, maybe somebody you're with doesn't want to eat there now, you know what, what are you going to do? Are you just not going to eat? You say, oh, well, oh, well, I guess I'll be hungry today. That's what a lot of us are doing spiritually. A lot of us are saying, well, I guess I didn't get what I wanted today. I didn't get it the way that I wanted. So I guess I'll just 
be hungry. And then what happens when you get hungry for too long? You start getting angry. I've been with Caleb when that boy's been hungry. It is a surprising sight sometimes. It's like, I need to eat now. I'm like, okay, we'll get something. No, no, no. I need to eat right now. Like, where are we going to eat? We got a lot of spiritually hangry people out there because DoorDash did not get there quick enough to give them the spiritual parent that they wanted. But really, the impulses of the Holy Spirit were saying, be moved to go find one. And I'm sorry. I, I, from my heart, I am sorry if the last one that you tried, the last spiritual parent, if they weren't what you needed. I am genuinely sorry that if they let you down, if they closed the door on you, that sucks. I'm, I'm a really sorry. But you got to keep going. That hunger is still there. That need is still there. You were created for connection. You were created for relationship. You are a son and daughter, and you need to keep going. Getting ahead of myself here. Reading on in uh, Romans 8, uh, it says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That's been stopping a lot of people in their tracks right there. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for this. Or to me, that's saying, I am unfamiliar with this feeling, and I don't deserve it. I had great parents growing up. That's not the, that's not the story of a lot of people, unfortunately. And then when you find spiritual parents, a mother, a father, a guide that comes along and is giving you all the love, all the accept, acceptance, all, all, all the things that God is wanting for you, and that is unfamiliar to you, it's very easy to say, that's not for me. It's very easy to think, I never got this growing up, so why should I have this now? It'll lead you back into fear, thinking that you're never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes uh, God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Somebody receive that, please, this morning. For the good of the people around you, for the good of your future children, of your future spouse, uh, just for your future in general, please hear and receive. You are God's beloved child. That is who you are. Now, until you accept that, until you fully receive that that is who you are and that is your identity, it is going to make every single person that comes along and tries to speak into your life, it's going to make it much harder on them and it's just going to hurt you. When their love and their joy and their, their compassion and all that comes and meets your misunderstanding of who you actually are, that's, it's going to feel like pain. It's just going to feel like trauma. Because you're just going to remember the last thing that happened or the last person that did this to you. Why? Because one, you don't think you're good enough. And two, you haven't fully received that I am 
God's child. I am in union with Christ. I, God's my dad. God's my daddy. And he wants the best things for me. I want the best things for my daughters. But you know what? When they go to school, sometimes kids are mean to them. I can't help that. Because that person has the same choices in their life. Those kids, those teachers, whoever they encounter, they have the same choices in their life to choose. Am I going to accept who I am in Christ or am I going to act out according to the way I've been treated in life? Into the way that I've perceived what love and caring is. And if they had a bad vision of that, then they are going to treat other people that way. That doesn't change anything of how I feel for my daughters. That doesn't change that I want the best things for them. But I have to teach them that you have to, say, you have to know who you are, that you are my daughter, and that push comes to serve, oh, you better believe I will go and protect you. But you can be secure in the fact of knowing that you're my family. And I teach her how to treat people that have also been mean to her. But if she's not going to receive anything from me, if she doesn't have any confidence in who I am, why is she going to have confidence in who she is? You have to be confident in who God is and that he is your father. That God has set you apart. So when circumstances, when people, when your own mind tries to tell you that you are not good enough, you say, no, I am a son. I am a daughter. I fully accept who and what I am. And then in Romans uh, 8, 17, just the next part of it. And since we are his two children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. That's huge. Since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. All the treasures, everything that belonged to him belonged to you once you believe who you really are. Once you really believe that I am a son, I am a daughter. Once you can believe all of that and then it just becomes normal, becomes normal of, yeah, this is mine. This house is mine. <laughs> Some of you may have seen. I just got a new car, and I love this car. And Lily is already basically like, this is my car. Like, she thinks she owns it. And I want them to feel that way about everything I have. I want them to feel, I want them to feel so secure. This is your house. These are your cars. This is your family. There are things hidden away in parents, in spiritual parents that you need to go and find. There are things that as a son and a daughter, you need to ask questions, you need to pursue, and, and you need to diligently be seeking after something that they have, that their life experience has shown them, good and bad. The mistakes and, and hardships that they have gone through are your treasure. 
because you are going to learn so much. You don't have to. I think about that all the time at this church. I mean, the things that, that my kids, that our kids get to grow up in, seeing this, seeing worship like this on the stage, feeling that presence, learning in TRP kids, the things that they're learning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, they've got such a leg up on me because I learned through years of religion and different things and a lot of well-meaning people. Some that are just doing the best that they can, the best that they know how. I've learned from all of that, and now they get to stand on our shoulders and just take in the treasure that was the graveyard that we had to walk through. That is the same thing that you get as you pursue a spiritual mother and a father and say, what did you go through so that way I may never have to? Or what did you go through so that way when I get there, I can get through it a lot quicker? That, those are the treasures, all his treasures that we get to share in is stuff that God has helped walk other people through, that the Holy Spirit has helped walk other people through that now you get to glean from. How do you find it? Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Persistence. Keep asking. Keep going. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Again, I said it already. I'm sorry if the door has been shut on you. I'm sorry if spiritual parents, I'm sorry if your real parents have shut the door on you. I genuinely am. But the Bible is saying that you have to keep persistently knocking. Keep persistently asking. Keep going because somebody, because you know what? Parents, I love my mom and dad. They're people. I've seen them mess up. I've seen them do things that I don't agree with. They're people. I've done plenty that I've messed up in the time of being a parent. I've had to go to my kids' rooms at night and apologize, which sucks sometimes, and tell them I shouldn't have reacted like that. I'm sorry, but even as imperfect as I am, what we had to keep doing, even when those doors get shut, keep going. What if, if for, for those of you who are, are parents in here, like, what if your kid just gave up after the first time you did something bad? Say, well, whatever, and I'm never going to need another parent because then they're just going to do something to me like you did. No, 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 no. Even if I can't give you, and let me tell you this, I can't give everybody here what you need. There is a specific person. There is a specific mother or a father, a person out there, a grinding wheel out there to help you in your specific situation in life because even personality, just I'm not matched with everybody. I know my kids. I know them. I, I know Lily extremely. I, I mean, I can, no matter what mood she's in, if she's hungry, I can always answer that question. Is Lily hungry? Yes. Just ate a full meal. Is Lily hungry? Yes. Is she going to be hungry after she eats that? eats that? Yes. When she's having a little panic attack, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to comfort her because God paired me and my daughter together. 
there's a spiritual connection that you are going to have with somebody else, but you have to go get it. I'm sorry. There's so many sons and daughters and everybody, like we said, don't forget, don't ever stop being a son. Don't ever stop being a daughter. Don't ever stop being somebody that needs somebody else because those treasures will be lost if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I'm good. I don't need anything else. Lost, sunken treasure that was meant for you that's never going to be picked up. Don't waste it. Don't waste that. Parents are people too. I feel like that's such an important part of always remaining a son and a daughter. Spiritual parents, they're people. They don't always get it right. And yes, we give them grace. We give them mercy. But no, I want to release you right now that if you're not getting what you need, if you are here and you are not getting what you need, then go find it. Because it hurts my heart. I tell my youth this all the time. Yes, I will miss you, but promise me, if, if this isn't for you, for whatever reason, go find somewhere that is. Go find somewhere that feeds you. Go find somewhere that you have community. Go find somewhere that people are going to love on you. And if it's not here, go. If you don't go somewhere, then we got a problem. Because then you're just a hangry child. You've just gotten mad and said, I'm done with it. Don't be that. Release those that you thought were supposed to be it. Because we all have them. We all have them. Release those in love. Say, God, I thank you for my next treasure. I thank you for the next one that is going to help guide and grind off the rough edges. Iron sharpens iron. Never stop being a son. Never stop being a daughter. But also look for those. And it might be a moment, but look for those that need you to be the grinding wheel also. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.